0: You're listening to Rockland Community Church, connecting all generations to Jesus. Well, I always, uh, I always amaze myself at how distracted I can become uh, from something very important happening, and then uh, I have this unique ability to just kind of, my mind just dances somewhere else. I'll be talking to my wife sometimes, and she'll kind of give me a, one of these, like I think you just checked out and started thinking about something else, and I'll come back to it. And my, my take is I'm not the only one that does that. I could not handle having like a, like a smartwatch, like an Apple Watch or something because every time it dinged or buzzed or whatever sound it would make, I, that's all I could think about. And no matter how important the thing is I'm doing in front of me, I would just so be easily distracted by that. I get distracted very easily. A lot of you may get distracted pretty easily as well, and I have to say, during this Christmas season, um, this is probably the time of year where it is most easy to get distracted from the actual point of Christmas, those first six letters of Christmas, Christ, now, when, when you hear us talk about Christmas, you might think, some of you might think, well, okay, it's a baby that's born, and that's really nice, and wow, God made flesh, and it sounds like a neat story, but you need to understand when we talk about Christmas, we're not just talking about that, that little event, or that, that short, I should say, event that happened. When we think of Christmas, we think of it in the middle of the big picture, We think of from the Old Testament, people crying out, are they going to send the Messiah? The Messiah is here, God is faithful, and he's kept his promises. And then it's not just the birth of Jesus and all the things that go along with the story of his birth, it's his life. It's that he went to the cross to pay for our sin. It's that he went in the grave for three days and that he rose victorious over sin, Satan, and death. It's that his first advent gives us an assurance that his second advent, his second arrival is imminent, that it is going to happen. And so when we think about Christmas, it's not just the little slice of the story. It's the whole big picture about the amazing work that God has done. But it's easy to get distracted from that. And I have to confess, I might be part of the problem at times. I have to be very careful because, um, as many of you know, I love, love, love Christmas. I have a countdown in my office to count down until Christmas, and there it is, 364. I'll put that up here in a couple days, the saddest day of the year, December 26th, is Christmas is the farthest away. I have to decorate my office to kind of get in the spirit of the season. I've got a tree in my office as well. You can kind of see I got a little Charlie Brown tree down there too. So two trees in my office maybe a bit much. We watch all of the, oh gosh, we have a list of about 30 Christmas movies that we try to watch. And we watch them all. We watch Elf and Charlie Brown and like four different Christmas carols and The Star and Santa Claus. We watch all those different things. Um, my, my wife and kids love baking which is great because I love eating and so they bake and they are just constantly baking the entire time that was my my youngest maid it looks exactly like the picture doesn't it we made a like a christmas tree donut hole thing and then that is a note from my wife that says please only have a tiny bit <laughs> i think i know who that was directed to um, but we, they're baking like crazy. And then the thing that I'm trying to work into every Christmas Eve ever, we decorate with Santa toilet seat cover as well. There you go. We have that up in our house as well. So I have to be careful because if I'm not careful, then Christmas will not be about the first six letters, it'll be about a bunch of other stuff. And all those things are really fun. You can get away. Yeah, thanks. Uh, uh, those things are fun but they can really kind of make me miss the point if I'm not careful, and I can swap out Christ for cookies and things like that. we got to be careful. Um, some of you may have read Dave Barry. He's a columnist and a, and a comic, actually, and he, uh, he told a story about this, his kids' school's winter program, and uh, he said, to avoid offending anybody, the school dropped religion altogether and started singing about the weather. At my son's school, they now hold the winter program in February and sing increasingly non-memorable songs such as Winter Wonderland, Frosty the Snowman, and this is a real song, Susie Snowflake, all of which is pretty funny because we live in Miami. (laughs) Then he says, a visitor from another planet would assume that the children belonged to the Church of Meteorology. It can be tricky. It can get trickier even year after year to see through the, the presents and the shopping and the, all the traditions to really see Christ. I love that we have this. Like in our church calendar, we just have this reminder um, just built in to say we're gonna stop down and we're gonna remember God incarnate, that Christ came to earth. And the apostle Paul wrote, wrote to a pastor named Titus and told him, don't forget the most important thing. And here's what he says in Titus chapter three. He says, when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, that's Christmas. And what did he do? It says, He saved us. When the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, He saved us. Now, Paul is obviously a Christian. He's writing to a pastor that is a Christian. And you need to know the offer of salvation from God is made to anyone, but there are only certain ones we respond in faith. And then that faith, because of what God has done and our trust in him, we are saved. We are in a right standing before God. We have our salvation. And that's what Paul is celebrating. When the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us. And why did he do it? Not because of works done by us in righteousness. Not because you go to church. Not because you're good. Not because I give a lot of money to charity or I'm just generally kinder than most people that I know. That's not what he's saying. He's saying it is not because of works done by us in righteousness, but by according to his own mercy by the washing of regeneration, renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This is the gospel message that we celebrate at Christmas, that God saved us and that it isn't reliant on how good or bad that we are. It's reliant on his finished work on the cross and our faith and our trust in him. Think about it, if it is based on your works, if you're probably a lot like me, where if you do 99 things good and then one thing you mess up on, you'll probably dwell on the one. You're gonna live this like defeated life if you're always just thinking, am I good enough, am I good enough, am I good enough? Because those things get elevated in our mind. Or you'll meet somebody and instantly you'll see people go, well, they're better than I am, they're better than I am, they're better than I am. And we can just walk around thinking, I'm never, ever good enough. Like how good enough is good enough for God? We put our trust in Jesus Christ. It's not about our works, but his perfect work that he did on the cross on our behalf. Amen. So what happened that in that first Christmas? This, this huge thing, this cosmic, this supernatural story, this victory of God was being accomplished and people didn't even notice. Many people, I should say, didn't even notice. It's kind of like the year 1809, this international scene. It was tumultuous. Napoleon was sweeping through Austria. There were these bloody battles being fought, and nobody really cared about babies, and no one cared about some very significant births that were happening during that time. William Gladstone was born. He became one of England's most famous statesmen. Alfred Tennyson was born the same year to to an obscure minister and a wife. In America, Oliver Wendell Holmes was born in Cambridge and not far away in Boston, Edgar Allan Poe was born. That same year, there was a a physician and uh, his wife had a kid and they named their child Charles Robert Darwin. In a rugged log cabin, cabin in Hardin County, Kentucky, a little guy named Abraham Lincoln was born. Now, if you were to watch the news broadcasts at that time, it would have been all about the destiny of the world as being shaped on the battlefield in in Austria today. But really, history was shaped in the cradles in England and in America. In Israel on that day, you might think, what's going on? Well, the emperor was taxing people. Remember, there was a census, and so everybody had to move to get to their hometown. That's why they, the Holy Family had to move. And so they, they went. You might go, oh, there's this big taxation going on. Um, oh, the Ro- Romans are having this victory here. Or this is the latest thing that the news is telling us is important. Whatever it is, and what they would have missed was this young Jewish woman that cradled the biggest news of all as she held the Savior of the world in her arms. If you'd been around then, we probably wouldn't have thought, you wouldn't have thought, I wouldn't have thought that what's happening was all that significant. Some baby, being born, a little stable, thrown in a manger somewhere. We might have missed it. And it's so important because that is Christ stepping down into our mess to save us from it. And so I just want to take a moment tonight and just say, don't miss what really matters today and all year. That Christ came to save us. And I wonder what would happen if if in our hearts and minds, we just became laser focused on that message. If we just thought, let's be gospel-centered people that would understand the story of Jesus, the message of Jesus. First and foremost, that was our focus. And try to catch any time that the world tries to tell us that there's something more important than that. In fact, if I were here tonight and it was just a a secular sort of self-help seminar that I was giving, I would give you advice like this. I would say, be on the lookout because the news is going to tell you what they think is important because they want you to think it's important. Um, Twitter is gonna show you literally like hashtags of what is trending, like what everybody is talking about. They're gonna push things at us to say, this is important, this is important, this is important. And if, if we were here, forget church for just a minute, I would just say, you tell the world, no, thank you. I will decide what's important. Thank you very much. And you need to learn to say, I'm not going to listen what everybody else says. I want to really figure out what is important and how do I stay focused on that? Now, it's a similar thing because I'm a Christian. And so I say, I want to stay focused on what does God say matters? What matters is in Christmas, light came to the darkness and God saved us. Please be careful to substitute something that is just news for the good news. Here's your homework. You didn't know you were getting homework. I'm going to give you homework. Here it is. When you watch or read like one of those year in reviews... You know that, that we see, um, you see it when you, when you like the New Year's Eve shows, or maybe you, you read the newspaper or something, uh, or websites, whatever it is, and you start to look at the year in review, and people start telling you, um, here's all the big news stories of the year. Now, here's my guess, because this happens to me every single year, that I look back and I see the stories, and I think back to when I first heard the story in the moment, whatever that event was, and I remember in that moment, it's easy. I was thinking like, oh my goodness, our world will never be the same. The sky is falling. This is is going to change everything forever. And then they'll mention another one and I'll go, oh, I remember that. I remember because I heard that and I thought, oh my goodness, the sky is falling. This is hugely significant. The world is changing now forever. Oh, and number three, oh my goodness, I remember that because on and on and on. But you know what usually happens as I watch those? In the moment, they were incredibly important. But when I'm watching the year in review, I tend to go, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. I forgot that that actually happened. The thing that in the moment feels so incredibly important when you get some perspective and look back, some of them are, but aren't we good at just blowing them up out of proportion? That's your homework. Watch those years in review and start thinking about, I get worked up about things. Am I missing the main thing because of all the distractions that come in? In uh, December 1903, after a lot of attempts, the Wright brothers were successful in getting their quote flying machine off the ground and so they were thrilled and they sent a telegraph to their sister Catherine and here's what it said it said we have actually flown 120 feet also we will be home for christmas Catherine ran to the editor of the local newspaper and showed them the message and the editor looked at it and he said how nice The boys are going to be home for Christmas. (laughs) He missed the big news, didn't he? They flew. Don't miss the best news. Don't miss it this Christmas. Don't miss it ever. That Jesus Christ came to save us. That in the deepest darkness of sin and mayhem around us, Christ came to bring the only answer that actually helps He came to give himself. He came as the light in the darkness. And we'll remember that as I light from the Christ candle now, remembering that that's what Jesus Christ did, that he came as a light in the darkness, the only hope for the world. And then for you, brothers and sisters in Christ, our job is to take the light of Christ and to shine that in a dark place that all might know him.